This episode brought to you by the following patrons. Bruder, Shining Donut 911, Nathan, Jennifer with a PH, Joey, Mr. Rage Bomb, Sneaky Snake, Wes, Dreskel, Kaylee, Aaron, Danielle, the number Jeff, Amy, Tia, Matthew, Dave, Jonathan, Scott, Kate, Isaac, Karoon, and Nick B. And all the patrons want you to know you're loved, you're listened to, and you're a valuable member of this awesome Horror Virgin community. And if you want to hang out with us, do so in the Facebook group and Discord servers where we hang out daily. Nerds. Oh, did you see my tweet, Mikey? Yeah, I retweeted it. <laughs> I have this little habit of like whenever Mikey says something crazy not on like recording, I'll tweet uh-huh. it out. And I just tweeted out, I have crushes on steakhouses, not people. I ain't mean, honestly though. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. No, I mean, no. you said it. I agreed. I was like, I love this for you. You know who's never let me down yet? A Tomahawk Steakhouse. Texas yeah. Day Brazil. They can do the horror virgin and Paige. Oh, Mikey. And I'm your horror virgin, Todd, which means I don't like scary movies, but you guys make me watch them. And this week, you guys made me watch... Nightmare, Nightmare on Elm Street 4, the Dream the Master. The Dream Master. It's, it's a lot of punk music instead of Dokken in this one. I know, and honestly, I was hurting for some good old Dokken. <sighs> I was down, but yeah, I could have done with some Dokken. I heard that this was the turning point of the Nightmare franchise, and like the first 15 minutes I had high hopes, and then while I thought it was still fun, I was like, this is far worse than Dream Warriors. Was this the first time you had seen it? As an adult. Okay. I mean, like, I, I know I've watched it because I remember, like, the the faces coming out of him and escaping his head at the end. But, like, I've never, like, watched it with a critical lens, if that makes sense. <laughs> Would yeah. you say that's what you did today? Maybe. <laughs> I, <laughs> I definitely saw this on TV uh, a couple times. Okay. But, I, I I mean, never the whole thing and, and whatever. Uh, Dream Warriors, the reason why Dream Warriors is so good is because they create a set of rules for the world and then we play within those rules and resolve the conflict of the story. Yeah. This movie changes all those rules, kills everyone, and gives us no rules for us to ha- like hang on to. And then brings some stuff back in at the end that they didn't really explain to kill Freddy. And I feel like at a certain point, it just became a kill factory where it was like, yeah, we're just going to kill people in the coolest ways we can. Which, again, don't hate. Don't um, hate it. Yeah. And to be honest, there are definitely worse nightmare movies than this. Like We're going to watch them. Yeah, we're going to watch them. <laughs> but I will say that this is the worst nightmare movie we've done. I would agree because we ended up liking two a lot more than I still like two. I think two is my favorite. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Two and that exploding ass bird. Oh, fuck. It was terrifying. It would be terrifying if you turn into Freddy Krueger. Oh, yeah, of course. It would be terrifying if you ran into your gym teacher at a BDSM club that you weren't supposed to be at. All of those <laughs> things are terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Also, uh, if I know a girl who can bring me into her dreams, it better be more fun than what this chick was doing. <laughs> no, you know, see, here's the thing. When I was at South by uh, me and, and all the other comedians that lived on my side of the apartment, uh, we all stayed up till like five in the morning talking all the time. And 
one of the things we all ended up talking about was if we remembered our dreams or not and then compared the dreams that we remembered. Okay. And the ones that we remembered were things like, yeah, all my teeth just fell out randomly. So I think you're going to hate being in people's dreams, Mikey, because apparently everyone dreams about their teeth falling out from time to time. That is actually my recurring stress dream. So when yep, I'm very same. under a lot of stress, I either pull my own teeth out or they fall out into my hands. What? Yeah, mine always fall out into my hands or into a sink. And I'm usually at an important event. And like for some reason now, as a kid, it was like at school. But now as an adult, I'll be at like, a red carpet like awards event or something and I'm talking to somebody very important at a party and my teeth just fall out into my hands and then I go into the bathroom to try and fix it and I end up spitting more teeth out into the sink. Yes, that's how mine go. That's how I haven't had one in a while. I mean, I did have one a couple weeks ago, but I... (laughs) Before then, I'm glad I don't remember my dreams. That sounds awful. That's what I know I'm mentally not doing well. Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> but I've also, Paige, I've had a lot of other dreams that were not bad. Teeth were involved and it was good. You know what I'm saying? Wh- what? Like that smile. Oh, okay. I liked your okay. smile. I thought you had like an ivory fetish. <laughs> <laughs> my friend. Okay. I got the craziest. I got the craziest text message the other morning. If we're going to talk about dreams. Yeah, we have to. The wedding wedding I officiated. Yeah. The guy I married, he texts us, me and his best man, because we were all kind of close friends. And he's like, I had the weirdest dream last night. I was like, I dreamed that Michael joined your marriage in a thruple. And I watched y'all have sex. (laughs) And I was like, what? No, Mikey. See that that's the downside to remembering your dreams. And I remember <laughs> I remember most of my dreams and occasionally you have a sex dream about someone that you're like I I don't think I feel this way. And you have to kind of like think about like why did I dream that? I don't know. My brain's just on walkabout. Why did I have a sex dream with Ernie Hudson from the 80s? Oh, uh, what? Why would you not have a why sex dream? Why would you not have yeah. a sex dream with Ernie Hudson from the 80s? Because Busted makes you feel good. Busted makes you feel good. I found it really interesting that for the most part, everyone remembered their dreams. And I thought that was real strange because most of the time when I talk to people and I'm like, yeah, I remember all my dreams. They're just like, I don't I have no recollection of this. I remember a lot of my dreams, too. So yeah. we're just better than Todd is basically what's going on. Yeah, clearly, because I do not. Yeah, I don't know if we are. I think it's well, and, and certain medications will stop you from remembering your dreams. Which like Timosil. I wondered where the Timosil went in this movie. It's not actually called Timosil, right? It's something else. The FDA probably went over there and was like, oh, like nine kids died at the same time taking this medicine. Oh, yeah, um, that's probably what happened. <laughs> yeah, it's like it was, it was like no Dreamaplex or <laughs> whatever. Yeah. But I did think that it was wild that. Freddie got brought back by a dog who pissed fire. Like, that <laughs> was insane. I have fun facts about that. Uh, <laughs> I love that they were like, oh no, that's his real job, a real dog. He has the same powers as him. He can go into dreams. And then the dog turns on him. And I was like, is it your real dog or not? Because like, I think you should just say it's not. It's not. It's a hellhound. Yeah. It's got to be. It pisses fire, guys. Yeah, duh. Yeah. I think that hellhound's been on shore leave. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Get that hellhound some penicillin. <laughs> the hellhound is named Jason. I thought that was pretty I funny. I thought that was funny. If you're not going to name it Cerberus, funny. name it Jason. Yeah. I, mean, I think this movie had some high spots. I mean, Most I've... of the, the people writing it were having high spots when oh, they wrote yeah. it. Definitely. Watching... <laughs> That that school nurse scene, all that stuff. Oh, you mean Freddy and Nurse Drag? I loved yes. it. That shit made me so happy. Ever since Dream Warriors, I feel like there's now just like in every movie, 
Robert England's like, so when do I get to wear a dress? And what kind of a dress is it? And will I get to have long, crazy nails? Because yeah. they're just like, yes, of course. We'll figure it out. I also don't think I liked Freddie's makeup as much in this one as previous. It's really? not as good in this one. No, it, and Freddie's makeup changes through different iterations, but it's definitely not as good in this movie. Okay. Okay. I'm glad you noticed that. Until he starts like dying and shit. But yeah. I think this is the makeup that kind of stays through the rest Oh, really? It must be. Yeah, well, one so. guy did it, so it must be easier to put on and off or maybe more of a mask or something. I think that's what it is, where it's like it's one piece, I think, uh-huh. instead of the multiple pieces. And they did not have a lot of time to make this movie, so I suspect that they were trying to streamline. Uh, that very well could be, yeah. I mean, I'll watch I'll watch the rest, but like, it's just a marked difference in quality to me. And, and I love the first three. Love them. I've been surprised how much I've loved them watching them with y'all and talking about yeah, like, yeah, as a yeah. franchise i'm like oh wow these first three are like pretty terrifying and, and good yeah but this one is just it, like, it's almost like a sketch comedy it's just like they're trying to set up the different sketches but the sketches are kills that yeah. is a good way to describe it i think yeah it does feel like little set pieces from one set piece to the next set piece we get to a certain point in the movie where there's a change and where essentially one person's power is transferred to another person and we start to realize that whoever dies in the dreams she gains their power cool then they kill like four more people yeah (laughs) you're just like so we're just like once they killed rick i was like oh they're just gonna kill everyone but her basically yes and then like some of them were the old dream warriors which i was like super stoked to see them again and like i knew what their powers were but then she got powers of people who didn't weren't dream warriors and like all the weird stuff yeah i felt like at the end karate was more of her power like she got the most From her brother? The, yeah. the power she got the most was karate. Yeah. Yes. I thought that was wild. I, I mean, the whole movie is, I think, as nuts as Dream Warriors. It's just not as good. But it is, yeah. like, bonkers nuts. I will no, say yeah. the uh, the weightlifting scene where her elbows split. Oh. I hated that <laughs> so much. <laughs> oh, and then she fucking turns into a roach. Turns into a roach. Uh, like, they was... were like, "Let's go further." It was gross. I hated it. That one was wild. I think my favorite death is the waterbed. I think a water the waterbed's a great death, and I was like, this- "Okay, this is fucking baller." Yeah, because it was different than the first film, and then yeah. I liked how his mom found him stuck inside the waterbed. Stuck bed. inside. But also when he's like fantasizing and that girl is in the waterbed, like yeah, that was pretty cool. Yes, that's how I know he's an idiot. Because if I had a waterbed and I like got up and there was a naked woman inside my waterbed, I was like, you ain't gonna get me. And then I was, <laughs> you, I, I ain't fall for this again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> when that happened, I was like, okay, this movie might be kind of fucking great. And then two more kills happened, and I was like, never mind. Oh yeah, like when the dog pissed fire and Freddy came back, I was like, oh, this movie's gonna be the best Freddy movie I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> but it, it, it was ten minute opening. Yes, that's a oh, strong. Yes, it I was does. texting excited. I was like, this ten minutes is great. Yes. Yep. Okay, so back to 80s gratuitous nudity. Please. Yes. Like, I know it's a thing. <laughs> I was like, you know, I'm here for it or whatever. But then, like, did we have to show boobs coming out of Freddy's chest? Oh, yes. Yes. I took I was like, oh, this is weird. This is not usable nudity, as I once would say. Well, and they they clearly (laughs) just cut away to it to be like, boobs. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, why would they do that? That's so weird. And to put it into some context, if you haven't seen this movie... Everyone else, it's showing their face. It's their face coming out of Freddy's yes. chest. Well, their doll face. 
but yeah. yeah it's their doll face and then for somebody it's just a like a rackety rack rack tastic <laughs> coming out of freddie's chest right and i was like i don't remember any naked women being murdered by him i was like who is that there's only one in the dream sequence with the, the waterbed and she's and like she's fake a part yeah, she's of the Freddy. dream yeah. yeah yeah well i was trying to think like he's killed he's killed plenty of ladies in past films and i don't know what any of their boobs looked like because that wasn't necessarily a factor in him killing them yeah Paige, you bring up a good point we probably do need a boob lineup of all the women he's killed to identify <laughs> which set of boobs those were i'm gonna have trouble with that can we get smiles as well <laughs> <laughs> it's just like dental records and mikey's like oh i know who these people are i know who these people were i think they just did it to be funny like oh, yeah, I, I think that's something oh, that I like think so too the people making this movie are just like, yeah, put some boobs in there. <laughs> like, you know what Freddy's chest could use? Some big old mommy milkers. Um, I've often said that. Maybe we should get into this movie, though, so we can talk about it scene by scene. Uh, so the movie opens with a quote from the Bible. Uh, when deep sleep falleth on men, fear came upon me in trembling, which made all my bones to shake. Job 4, 13 through 14. However, I did go look up that, that passage and it's about God basically haunting a dude for taking another man's wife. So, like, it has nothing nice. to do, but they just picked, like, these words have sleep in them. Yoink. So they pick and chose whatever verse fit their narrative. That sounds like Christianity to me. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's like no one's ever done that before, but, you know. Anyway, uh, then there's some pretty boring-ass credits for the rest of the credits. Oh, yeah. The chalk stuff. I was like, oh, come on. I mean, it ties yeah. into the little girl on the sidewalk drawing the Freddy house or whatever, but like, yeah, it was boring. Yeah, but do you know what's boring? Watching little children play with chalk, so whatever. <laughs> yeah. I'm so glad you want some of those permanently. I do, and I'd be like, oh, your chalk drawing is really good, but I'm not going to be like, oh my God, these are great credits. I'm like, you know, I'm not going to put it in front of my film. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, the little girl making the chalk drawing was drawing Nancy's house. Yes. And we meet a girl walking down the street who basically interrupts her drawing. Now, this is supposed to be Patricia Arquette's character from Dream Warriors. Patricia Arquette did not return. Right. Because she got famous. Well, I'll talk about it in fun fact. She got both famous and pregnant. Not at the same. I mean, kind of at the same time. It's most likely that the fame was the thing. But whatever. Anyway. So she asks the little girl. Where's Freddy? And she says he's not home, uh, but he is drawn in the window. So like the little girl like moves her hand and Freddy is in her drawing. She was clearly lying. Um, the rain washes the drawing away and the girl is gone. The door to the house opens and she goes inside. Now this is Kristen. Kristen goes inside and there's kids singing the, the famous Freddy nursery rhyme outside. The same tricycle from the last movie falls down the stairs and yes. I had forgotten about the tricycle. Yeah. I love that it doesn't like ride down the steps like I think it no. does in Dream Warriors. It like straight up gets thrown down the steps. Yeah. Yeah, it tumbles. I really like this when Kristen sees that she runs out the front door, but then it shows the reverse of it and she's actually just running into a mirror of the house she's leaving. Right. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, well, in this opening scene, a lot of promise because uh, there's like a claw shadow, but it's just a tree. Yeah. And the windows explode, kicking her back. She wanders through the house to the boiler room and calls for both Joey and Kincaid. They both get pulled into her dream. And they're pissed about it. And they're, they're pissed like, about Freddy's it. dead. Why are you pulling us into your dreams? Rude. We need to get sleep. It's very funny. I think yep. uh, Kincaid is even like, you're ruining my beauty sleep. <laughs> he, he is. And the one thing I don't like is that if you remember from Dream Warriors, Kincaid had like a Mr. T level rhyming cadence to his lines. Yeah. He doesn't have any of that. Yeah. It disappears in this movie. 
as much as I loved Dream Warriors, I was very disappointed by the fact that there was none of that level of like character development for each of them like there was in Dream Warriors. I was mm-hmm. I, I missed that from Dream Warriors. Yeah. Uh, but they tell her that the boiler pipes are cold. But as they're looking down the pipe, Kincaid's dog runs out of the pipe and bites Kristen's arm. Yeah. They all wake up. His dog is bloody. So he clearly was in the dream, did bite the arm. Well, and they show Kristen's arm and it's fucked up. Yeah. 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 I was confused because I was like, is his dog a hellhound? Is his dog in the dream a hellhound? Or did he adopt a hellhound like I did? <laughs> I think his dog was probably normal and his dog has been drawn into these dreams before and Freddy had the chance to infect him somehow. I mean, that very well could be. I have no idea, though. The movie doesn't explain it. Yeah. After Kincaid dies, we never see the dog again. Yeah. Now we cut to Kristen driving the next day, which is when I realized that they filmed like 80% of this movie in my neighborhood. <laughs> I mean, that doesn't surprise me. They film all of them in, in L.A., right? They film all of them in L.A. And, and there's like different places. But this one specifically is like South Pass, Eagle Rock, and then a little bit of Burbank. This is that time in the 80s where they're making these sequels to like Friday the 13th and Nightmare at like six months each. Like the pace yeah. must have been. Yeah. Insane. Yeah. And this is a very, very short turnaround. Um, But she gets up to a house that I have driven past many times uh, and rings the doorbell <laughs> and. The dad, it's Mr. Johnson. He's getting ready for work and he's an asshole because the Nightmare franchise, if it's not consistent about anything else, it is consistent about parents being assholes. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And he very much is like it's very clear immediately why he's a single father. Oh, yeah. Well, no, I, their mom died. I thought she left. Well, it's the chicken and the egg. You know, I don't know if he was an alcoholic before she died. He may have turned into, he may, he may have gone down that road with those sufferings after she died. Yeah, she very clearly died and the alcoholism was a, a reaction yeah. to the grief. I thought she left because I thought we see her later because she gives the sleeping pills to Kristen. No, this isn't Kristen's oh, parents. This, this is, is Alice's right. parents. That's this right. is the redheaded girl's parents. That's right. My bad. Who I didn't think was important until like 45 minutes in. No, of course she's the most important because in the beginning of the movie, she's like mousy and they make her unattractive. So clearly right. she's going to get the she's all that level makeover. I didn't know what podcast I was on. Usually if she's mousy <laughs> and unattractive, she's going to prom later, not. Right, kill Freddy. That's well, true. Except yeah. that in the end of this movie, she goes from Mousy to Hillary Swank in Karate Kid Four. So, Hell yeah, the next I Karate Kid. Deal with Karate the kid next before. Karate Kid, where she like jumps on the hood of that car, which is about as good as Dream Master. Honestly, I'd say Karate Kid Four might be better than this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen it, but I'm happy to for this. It's uh, not great, you know. It could be worse though. I mean, I love Hillary Swank. <laughs> She's great. Yeah. Uh, not in that movie. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I mean, I haven't seen it. I wouldn't know. But there's enough bad karate in this movie. I, I had my karate <laughs> fill after we had a literal invisible karate fight between Freddy oh, and... I have notes on that. Is it just that he got dysentery and couldn't show up to set that day, <laughs> so they had to have him doing it by himself? Oh, no. It's it's because they, they couldn't afford the, the special effects. <laughs> Oh, man. Imagine being cast in a Freddy movie and being like, oh, I bet I'm going to have the coolest death. Hey, how do I die? Okay, here's what happens. You fight nobody and then you die. What? Yeah. That's how most people die. (laughs) 
You mean like in real life they fight nobody? Yeah. Yeah. Time. They fight the crushing yeah. <laughs> realities of time. So his death is the deepest, is what you're saying. Yeah. Oh, hey, speaking of deepest, Bluest, the guy who directed this also directed Deep Blue Sea. No what? shit. <laughs> That's honestly not at all surprised to hear that, but I love that fact. And Die Hard 2, Die Harder. Wait, this is Rennie Harlan? Yeah, this is Rennie Harlan. Holy <laughs> shit. Okay. Look, Die Hard 2 now is a classic because I don't know if you've looked at that franchise lately, but they oh yeah, they, they killed my boy. I yeah, mean, yeah, that's yeah, fair. Yeah. yeah. Now Die Hard with a Vengeance makes Die Hard 2 look like Nightmare 4. But yes. then Die Hard, Good Day to Die Hard, now it's makes terrible. Die yeah. Hard 2 look like Die Hard with a Vengeance. Exactly. So it is Rennie Harlan, and this is one of his early movies, so early, in fact, that he basically had to beg to let them let him make this movie. Uh, we'll talk about it in fun facts, awesome. but okay. he campaigns for this movie, essentially. Oh, man, if he campaigned for it, you think he would have done a better job with it, but... Well, he didn't write it, okay, but that's the fair. guy who did... Yeah, like, we'll get into it. It's it's a whole long thing. This movie had some weird shit behind the scenes. I mean, this was released literally like a year and a half after the last one. It's a little over a year, and if you remember, two and three are only a year apart as well. That's so crazy. Yeah, and I believe one and two might be a year apart also. Like, I, th I think this is one that they like. It was a year, a year, a year, and then this one's just a little bit more yeah anyway so alice and her brother rick come down and rick is like kissing everybody but i guess he's Kristen's boyfriend i did love when he like he like climbs off of his roof trying to avoid his right. dad and then his dad comes out and he goes up and kisses his dad on the lips and's like i'm going to the club honey and his dad's just yeah, like yeah, yeah. what the fuck ever there's not enough vodka for this conversation <laughs> like i can't deal with this right now right so they pull up to school where they run into Debbie, who's like, does anyone have trig this semester? I have a dynasty issue because dynasty is on, I guess, at the same time that she would be studying for trig. Yeah. So she's just not going to do her homework and she's going to watch dynasty and get the nerd girl to do her homework. Sheila. Yeah. Yes. Uh, this is also where they meet Dan and his friend Jordan. And everyone agrees that Dan is a major league hunk. Although I am a little worried that Dan's eyebrows are like five shades darker than the hair <laughs> on his head. Oh my God. So, this whole film they're like he's so hot and like with like three guys and i'm like they all look exactly the same yeah they are fully interchangeable one has like short cropped hair and one has like spiky hair but that's it the frame is her and her friend talking and it's like he's so hot cuts the other guy he looks just like her friend and i'm like i can't tell the difference between these two dudes no he he and the friend look completely different and they're almost a foot apart hide height wise dan and his three friends all look alike but I'm here for it. Give me a slice <laughs> of, of that like jock meathead nonsense. Hot take. I think Sheila is the hottest girl in this film. Oh, I think Sheila's so too. gorgeous. Yeah, mm -hmm. I like Sheila. I was hoping that she would get to take her hair out of the ponytail and take her glasses off and go to prom. I just, I kind of want to she's all that and Nightmare on Elm Street film combined. <laughs> and, and, and I think that's my new goal in life is the campaign for that film to get made. You mean we're <laughs> like, a, we're like a pretty girl realizes she has powers and then goes to the prom and fights Freddy. That's almost Carrie, except no, where the jocks <laughs> make a bet that they can, oh, okay. <laughs> that they can make Freddy prom queen. Yes. yes. Oh shit. They can make Freddy prom queen. But also in the film, <laughs> Freddy is killing their high school okay see now i'm just picturing freddie in that one scene from she's all that where he's like 
Hack E Sack. Yeah. <laughs> Don't let her drop, Freddie. I just picturing Freddie showing up at the end wearing a dress to prom. Yeah. Oh, love it. Think about <laughs> Sheila or Rachel Lee Cook in the chicken hat at the store with Freddie coming in to order chicken, be like, I'm gonna kill you, friends, bitch. It's <laughs> it's the falafel hat. The like Yeah, yeah I like to supersize my falafel balls. I'm gonna kill all your friends at prom by up supersize this. <laughs> I forgot it was a falafel hat. I thought it was a hat for yeah. Uncle Baby Billy's Roost Christmas. We don't have all Sue's day. Don't, you can't do it. You, you don't do it. <laughs> and all I got with it was this lousy falafel. Now with a healthy menu. The fries are plant based, <laughs> They're always plant based, Mikey. We cannot Can focus I, on this again. Okay. No, when, when I was in Austin, I said that to somebody and just waited for it because they were like, Is there anything vegetarian? And I was like, Well, the, the fries are plant based. And they were like, Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, Oh. Oh. But they always yeah. are. <laughs> like a second later, they were like, wait a second. <laughs> a potato is a plant. Yeah. If I ever became a vegetarian, I would be so fat. All I would eat was french fries. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, it's now my new favorite thing to do in real life is to tell people that plants, <laughs> that fries are plant-based because I live in Los Angeles where people are like, oh, good. Like plant-based fries. <laughs> Have you looked at our vegetarian options? They're french fries. They're plant-based. They're, they're french yeah. fries. They're but think about Rachel Lee Cook telling you that and Freddie being the the fry cook and be like i'm gonna burn your friends the plant-based i'm gonna burn your plant-based friends bitch putting his hand <laughs> in the fryer yeah. and he's like fries coming up <laughs> yeah we should write a nightmare movie yes we should and then the jock and her fall in love fighting freddy it would be so good you're not wrong mikey well when they remade the franchise recently they made it like more scary like more saw scary-ish and if we lean into 80s silly scary i think we would have a better you know reception yeah what about a freddy film in the style of malignant but with a love story <laughs> malignant did have a love story how dare you you need a crown big enough to fit over the both heads yeah it's a double-headed crown <laughs> okay did we start already did we start the movie yes, yes we're like 15 minutes into the Did movie. Did you just Mikey? have a stroke? What is happening, Mikey? Mikey's face goes blank and he forgets where he is. This is Mikey's brain on drugs. ASMR for the freaks. <laughs> it's like Memento, but like dumb. Anyway, uh, so they pull up to high school. They're looking at the major hunks. Uh, I stand Dan. I am a Dan stan although his eyebrows concern me <laughs> i do love that his eyebrows are fully like five shades darker than his hair is and and here's the thing i've known people with eyebrows like that and it just happens sometimes but it's a real weird look yeah i've seen people that dye their hair too yeah yeah i mean I, i've seen it with people who dye their hair or with people who just have like mad dark eyebrows <laughs> like i don't know what to tell you first off dan has eyebrow alopecia and he had to get those eyebrows tattooed on okay and like back when he was younger he had darker hair alopecia page it's a different alopecia, it's a different form alo of alopecia it's alopecia eyebrow apicia monopia <laughs> it's an eyebrow on a monopia it's an yep. eyebrow on a monopia he got no eyebrows he had to tattoo him on it's a me eyebrow on a <laughs> oh wow how did we get to your mario and what is happening i don't know i don't know oh, god damn it mikey i love you so much <laughs> 
Uh, what was in my coffee? I think bourbon. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah, let's move on. <laughs> anyway, her brother is like, oh, you think Dan's cute? Like, he's a friend of mine. I can introduce you. And she's kind of like, oh, I'm quiet. No. I'm, qu- I'm quiet. I'm mousy till the end of this movie. Meanwhile, Debbie sets her sights on Sheila to solve her trigonometry problem. And Sheila, like, rides up on, like, a scooter. You mean solve for X? Solve for X. <laughs> uh, what I do love, though, is that, like, clearly Sheila is also their friend. Like, they're not yes. just bullying her. Like, this is a group of friends. Yeah. We just don't get to spend enough time with them, really. They're, yeah. They're, like Todd said, there's not a lot of character development. The, these people are literally just, uh, like, stand-ins for murder. Like, it's just like, hi, I'm going to be a dead, like a, like, a special effects later on. Yes. I mean, some of them, I, I think with Sheila, we only see her, like, two or three times before she gets killed. Right. And then for Debbie in this scene, this is where she finds, like, a roach in her place plant-based fries and throws them out <laughs> well yeah and then steps on it yeah that's not vegan you can roaches no roaches are not vegan they have a face yeah they're very much not plant-based no and we see Kristen at her locker she closes it uh she talks to kincaid and joey and she's like he's coming back they're like you crazy uh and then as they walk away from the locker we see like freddie scratches across the locker of course we do well, and they do tell Rick, they're like, can you get her to have a good night's sleep? Basically implying like, yo, can you dick her down until she quiet? <laughs> Is that what they were implying? These kids are in high yes. school. Oh, okay. My bad. All right. Yeah, that's yeah, fine. Yeah. That just, that's just not something that was happening when I was in high school. For me to like enjoy these movies, I just pretend they're in a community college every time because like they're naked. It's like there's lots of set. I'm just like, this is community college. We're just going to go with this. Well, and the, the reason I know that's what they meant is because he just says, hey, I don't kiss and tell after. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. But he fully does just not on camera that's fine whatever right 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 right. so they all agree that they're gonna like meet up and hang out later meanwhile back at home alice is putting some dishes away and ricky's practicing karate and their dad comes home from work and he's already drinking i think he's already drunk he was also driving yeah yeah, yeah, exactly page and they didn't wait for him for dinner they ate without him because he's been gone for god knows how long they do say they waited a while and she even brings him like a salad or whatever they have for dinner to the table and he of course like goes insane about it because he's the worst father in the world he's the worst and she does this thing where she'll like picture herself standing up to people or being confident and then that's not what happened in real life and so we've this is the second one of those kind of like flashes that we get the first one was was with dan where she's like he's a super hunk and then she like pictures him walking up to her and her saying you're a super hunk yeah and then he's like really and then it cuts to real life and she hasn't said anything to anybody yeah we're getting a bunch of those types of moments for her right like setting her up as this like daydreamer if you will exactly (laughs) which is her power i don't know her power is that she's the dream master she has the knowledge of what it means to be the dream master her power is the ability to aggregate powers from other people that die in the dreamscape Okay, that makes more sense. She's the rogue of these X-Men. Exactly, yeah. When Freddy kills people, she gets their powers. Boring. Oh, it wasn't that boring. It would have been better if they had explained more of people's powers, how, like, what they are, how she ended up with hers, like, Mm-hmm. That would have been a little bit better. So we cut to Kincaid's bedroom and he's throwing darts and falls asleep. 
and wakes up in the trunk of a car and he sees like Freddy's shadow, but then it's the dog. Right. It's not Freddy. Yeah. But he even gets out. He's like, this is not what my dreamscape looks like. I must be in what's her face's dreams. Yeah. He thinks he's in Kristen's dream, but I think he's in the dog's dream. I think Freddy just took him or whatever. Yeah. Freddy could also just take him. But the dog is clawing at where they buried Freddy in the last movie in the middle of that like junkyard. junkyard. Mm-hmm. This to me was the best scene in the entire movie. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this movie is so brave because it takes a dog <laughs> pissing and turns it on his head. And now it's pissing fire. And I'm here for that. Yeah. Oh, I, I even liked it when it zoomed out to show the planet of the junkyard. Movie. Oh, I was like, so that's super yeah. cool. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But Kincaid is like climbing out of the trunk that he's stuck in. And the dog is like trying to dig up Freddy. And then it pisses fire. And then the earth starts to open up and Freddy starts to reform, which I thought was pretty cool the way they did that. Yeah. Well, and it like so it pisses fire. The earth cracks open and then it's almost like there's it like cracks open just over Freddy's grave mm-hmm. and then we watch all the bones reassemble and Freddy and they clearly filmed like a wax version of Freddy melting in, in reverse. reverse yeah it was cool it looked cool yeah, though but it, it looks cool. better than a lot of reverse shots we've seen it does yeah, yeah. I loved it when the eyeballs like melted back or whatever I was like That's yeah, so cool. yeah that's very cool so Kincaid goes to the hole and Freddy gets up they end up fighting and Freddy is like, you shouldn't have buried me. I'm not dead. And Kincaid ends up trapped in a car maze where Freddy hunts him down. He does manage to drop a car on Freddy and crush him. But then he celebrates too early. The cars around him explode. He takes off running. He yells for Kristen, but she's not there. And Freddy stabs him in the chest and says, tell him Freddy sent you one down, two to go. And Kincaid. No, he says first, I'll see you in hell. And he said, tell him Freddy sent you. Tell him Freddy sent you. Yeah. Yeah. Which just makes sense because Freddy actually is like, I'm going to keep your soul in my tummy. Right. Exactly. (laughs) But Kincaid is dead. He's the first to go. So here's where I started not liking this film is at this point forward. Because when it cuts back to Kincaid, he's not bleeding in real life from his injuries sustained by Freddy. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's almost like he had more of a heart attack. Yeah. yeah. So, and then this is the first film that does that, right? Because usually they are cut up or mangled how Freddy mangles them in the dream. No, the first one, it seems like they all died of heart attacks in their sleep or scared to death. Yeah, I think that is what it is in the first one. But in this movie, Paige, it sets up what happens to you in the dream actually happens to you in real life because yeah, the dog bites the dog. Kristen and it shows it up on her arm later uh, when she wakes up. So like, yeah, I, Mikey, that bothered me too, that they did it once and didn't do it again in the same movie. Well, I think Fre- I think the franchise has that because sometimes he'll cut them and they'll wake up and he'll they'll have like the scratch marks on them. But then sometimes right. it's like he died of fear. And I'm like, just pick a side. Like either one would be <laughs> yeah. scary. Just pick a side. Yeah. So we cut to Kristen's room where she's clearly staying up with cigarettes and coffee. She or in, uh like soda. She's not going to sleep on purpose. We cut over to Joey's room where he's listening to Billy Idol and looking at a bikini lady poster and he falls asleep. And then in his waterbed, he sees that bikini model lady swimming naked in the waterbed. Now, obviously, you should know at that point that it's a dream. Yes. But it is a really cool looking shot. It is very cool. Yeah. Yeah. The the shots of them on the other side of the, wa- the waterbed, super cool. Uh, but as soon as she swims away and he kind of is looking for her, Freddie pops out and says, how is this for a wet dream? And then stabs him <laughs> and drowns him in the waterbed. I do love that Freddie 
is getting more and more vocal as these movies go on. Yeah. Because, fuck, he's got some great one-liners. I mean, there isn't a welcome to primetime bitch in this movie, but there are some pretty decent one-liners. I don't know. The wet dream is pretty close. I know. The wet dream was my favorite. Oh, <laughs> uh, the, the stuff in the diner is also good. The yeah. diner is also Yeah, you're good. right. You're right. But I think Welcome to Primetime Bitch is just really, like, iconic. Oh, yeah. yeah. That movie, I mean, it just makes me appreciate Dream Warriors more. Oh, Dream yeah, Warriors absolutely. is the best, I think, so far. Yeah, so far. Uh, so we cut over to Alice's house where she's feeding her fish and looking at pictures of her mom who's passed away. And her brother kind of comes to try and, like, I guess make her feel better because he's like, hey you know, I know dad was a dick to you. And she says, well, if mom was still alive, maybe dad wouldn't treat us like this. And he's like, no, dad's an alcoholic. Yeah. And when well, he tells her, you have to stand up for yourself. And I'm like, but also dad's an alcoholic. So like, yeah, I, honestly, you know. standing up for yourself might be a bad decision yeah. depending upon his violence level. Like, yeah, he doesn't see, he seems more emotionally. That is true, but I don't know. They didn't set up physical abuse. No, that's fair. I mean, he does seem to care for her later in the movie. So like, you might be right. right. But again, he's drunk and I just don't trust drunk people not to get violent. Yeah, 100%. Like, maybe we should tell a trusted adult that, that our house is not going well. Well, that's because every every adult in nightmare movies is bad. Like that's yeah, the thing. So the, the adults always make things worse. Anyway, so he tries to teach her karate and she's bad at it. She kicks her shoe into the fish tank, probably murdering half her fish. <laughs> I did love that she does that and it like falls into the, the fish tank and her brother's like, swish, kicked a fish. I was like, that's <laughs> yeah. that is actually pretty funny. So meanwhile, back at Joey's house, his mom goes into his room and is trying trying to make his bed pulls the covers back and sees joey dead inside the waterbed right which if i was her i'd have questions yeah. How did Joey climb and reseal the waterbed? <laughs> right? right? The thing is, she had just purchased one of those vacuum sealers from Amazon. So <laughs> she knows exactly how she, he they did this. They cooked him sous vide. Okay. <laughs> On Amazon, I researched like a crank air raid siren. Why? why? Mikey, why do you need a crank air raid siren? Are you staging a production of something? Like, what, what are you doing? I just think it's a really scary scary sound and i was like do they even sell those to the public and the answer is they do for like 300 bucks mikey let's get one the range is one mile oh, oh my no. god that's so loud mikey let's get it so you can just set it up in your backyard like that's, you are asking for the cops to show up at your house well yeah it's a tornado siren <laughs> mikey get anyway it. do it mikey don't do it but no then i was like maybe i should get one yes they're only $300, Mikey. Get a fog machine instead. Ooh, yes. Their range is much shorter. It is, but much more sensual. Yeah. If they sold me a fog machine that had a range of one mile. <laughs> then you would be producing a remake of The Fog. Then I would get both of <laughs> them. So think about just in the city, one mile of fog, and then all of a sudden I just start doing the air the air raid siren for my house. And then you just like start playing Thriller on giant speakers, and you're like, let's see what happens. John Cooper, the mayor's like, what the fuck is happening? And I'm like, calm down, it's just Mikey. Yeah, it's <laughs> just Thriller. He <laughs> must have a date tonight. It's close to me. I just pay Todd to do it so I can be like, I've got to leave. I've got to go. <laughs> so I do it. Like Mikey's like, here's the address I'm going to be at at 1132. Start the fog machine and air siren. So he can be like, I'm sorry. I have to rush out of here after we've had sex, but they need me. Bum, 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 bum. 
It's after coitus, and I've got to get it out of here. You got to come back to my place to be safe from the fog. <laughs> Meanwhile, back at school, Kristen hasn't slept because they ran out of Timocil or whatever. Yes. Which it drove me crazy that they have already established a drug that will stop you from dreaming and no one uses it. Yeah, no. It's like this movie, it doesn't exist. They did a trial at a psychiatric <laughs> hospital and 12 people died That's, by murder or fear or heart attacks or knife stabbings or jumpings. That is fair. Yeah. And they were like, maybe this drug's not great. And that was the last time the FDA did anything positive. The side effects of this drug are being beautiful and bad. <laughs> <laughs> I missed her in this movie. She was oh. next Me level. Too. I did too. Anyway, so she meets up with Rick at school and she's like, hey, I can't find Joey and Kincaid. I'm pretty sure they died. Uh, and this is the first place we get the the phrase, we have matching luggage to refer to bags under their eyes. Yeah. And this is where Alice is like, yeah, my mom taught me about this rhyme about the dream master. And then it never comes back again until the end. I mean, we hear her say it at the end, but that's it. They just establish that there is a rhyme about the dream master at this point. Yeah. Uh, so they get to the classroom where she again notices that Kincaid and Joey are gone and she and Rick kind of struggle and she falls against the wall. She wakes up and the school nurse is there. But she like throws herself against the wall to the point where it knocks her out. Yeah. Well, it looked like he pushed her, but he's too far away from her to have pushed her. It's a very yeah. confusing scene. It's a very confusing shot, at least. Yeah. Yeah. But she wakes up in the school nurse's office, but it's Freddy as the school nurse. Man, I love this. He looks like Tootsie. It's amazing. <laughs> he does. <laughs> he does yes. Anytime like you can get Robert Englund in drag, I'm here for oh, it. He just looks like he's having too much fun in this. I think he's having the most fun on all of these movies. Like, I really do. He, he looks like Tootsie. He's got the crazy long nails. Which I think they do for the glove, but they he seems very natural with them every time where yeah. he's like, I got a manicure today. <laughs> yeah. I love it. He is serving his finest 1980s school nurse outfit on the runway. Yeah. It's amazing. Fresh tilapia. Yes. <laughs> he actually does pull it off pretty well. Oh, 100%. I like when she wakes up and sees the real school nurse. They actually sort of look a little bit alike, which yeah. I loved. I was like, oh, that's hilarious. Well, and it's the same lines. Yes, uh, because he turns around and he's like, I want to draw some blood. Brother. And she's like, no. Oh, sorry. <laughs> but then it's the real school nurse and she's fine. I do love that he, sa he says, I want to draw some blood while he's squirting blood out of a syringe at her. Yeah. I was like, well, you're just wasting it. Like, it stop, yeah. stop shooting it at people and you'll have plenty of blood. You wouldn't have to draw it. Exactly. Yeah. This blood's no good. He knew blood. What's wrong with that? <laughs> Meanwhile, they go to a place called the Craven, which is like, it's like a diner. And that's where Alice works. I wonder why it's called that. Uh, well, it is exactly for that reason. Yeah, no, I'm sure. They just couldn't call it the West Craven. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> so Dan and his hot friends uh, show up and they're like, hey, have you seen your brother? And she's like, no. I think he stayed with Kristen because she's at the school nurse. And he's like, okay, cool. Anyway, by the way, I'm Dan and she's about to go wait on their table and Debbie's like, my shift now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's uh, thirsty for Dan too, it seems. I mean, who wouldn't be? Who wouldn't be? Those eyebrows. <laughs> what is it for you with no, the eyebrows, eyebrows really that are slightly... bothered me. Okay, okay, Honestly, okay. they okay. really bothered me. He's like the most generic looking 80s American <laughs> teenager I've ever seen. Super excited about he it. He is the pumpkin spice latte of white dudes in the 80s. <laughs> Love it. Like he is the most <laughs> basic of white dudes. What about me makes you think that 
I'm not into the pumpkin spice of white dudes. I mean, I guess that's fair, but Jake is a very unique and awesome individual. He is not, I would, I would never describe Jake as bland and maybe he just needs someone in his life that will actually appreciate him, Paige, like me. Okay. But also I love pumpkin spice lattes. I also love pumpkin spice latte, so yeah, maybe yeah, that's fucking maybe right. It's not for me either. <laughs> yeah, but like this, this guy's like the Imagine Dragons of this high school. Like, it's just... <laughs> welcome to the bland age. To the bland age. Welcome to the bland age. To the bland age. Oh, 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 oh. Basic frozen. Basic frozen. I'm sleeping in my dreams. Freddy comes to haunt me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Those are the only Imagine Dragon songs I know, so please no more. I, I, that, but that's actually like 27 of them. <laughs> yeah, I think between Paige and I, we just sang their entire catalog. Yeah, I only know that one from that uh, Deus Ex commercial that used to show all the time. Oh, my, watch Imagine Dragons actually listen to this podcast. We get, like, <laughs> we, we get added by Imagine Dragons like, hey, fuck you. We work hard on our music. I get it. It's very difficult to be in a band. I, I get understand. that you press yeah. keys on a cat. I get that every time you guys start a song on stage, your drummer hits the space bar on his MacBook Pro. Like, I get it. They're like the stomp, clap, hey of the techno adjacent world. This is why we're never going to be like some celebrities who be like, oh, if you listen to Harvard, it's really great. Because we've literally talked shit about, I think, every single person in the world. Everyone should have a sense of humor about themselves. Yeah, in the perfect world. I once did write a song called Stomp Clap Page, so I feel like I was just attacked, and that was fair. Yeah, that is fair. Think about what you've done. You know what song is like a banger that, like, you know, that they played a lot back when I was a kid, and, like, it was awesome? Just a little bit of chicken guy. That one? <laughs> no. no. Oh, no, bad. no. What was that one? Um, it's like a hoedown, but like also it's like corn, but also it's like rap. Hey now, kids, I'm shouting Eye Joe. Yeah, I've been married a long Joe. time ago. Where did you come from? Where did you go? Where did you come from, Cotton Eye Joe? How did I know that based upon your shitty ass description? <laughs> that was a terrible description of Cotton Eye Joe, and I nailed it. Oh, I love it so much. God, you're like the Google algorithm. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're just going to start calling me on the phone and be like, hey, Todd, what song is this? And letting me listen to your radio. I just feel like the Nightmare franchise has like real strong Cotton Eye Joe energy. It's got Cotton Eye Joe vibes for sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, so Dan is looking for Rick. Rick stayed with Kristen. Debbie ends up waiting on Dan and his friends. And Sheila comes in, who is the nerdy girl that's going to help Debbie with her trig. Yeah. And they have this kind of fun banter of like, later in life, you'll appreciate my motto, mind over matter. And it never makes sense. She's like Michael Scott with this saying. It's just like mind over matter. And I'm like, that's not I don't think we're in a situation where that even applies. It also never pays off ever in the movie. Like it it doesn't make sense here, but it also doesn't tie into any part of the movie ever. The only time it ties in is when she says it after the death, which is how Dan figures out that she's gaining everyone's powers. Okay. I'm not sure that that's what I would like have gleaned Rome. from that. Yeah, Rome, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's all Greek to me, Mikey. Like, it's all like- <laughs> They may say I'm a dreamer, but I'm not, <laughs> which is my favorite Michael Scott saying. <laughs> oh, my God. My favorite one is, well, maybe next time you'll estimate me. <laughs> Fucking stupid show. I love it so much. Anyway. So Rick and Kristen burst in. She's sad because she's basically just confirmed that Kincaid and Joey died last night. And she's like, you're going to hear all kinds of stories, but I let him get to them. I can't sleep. I've got to go in and try and kill him before it's too late. So they go to the house and her mom 
rolls up. And, and I guess on the way to the house, they brought everyone up to speed on the story. Yeah, must have. And Alice is about to kind of give her that dream master rhyme when Kristen's mom just rolls up to the house and is just like, Kristen, you get the hell away from that haunted house. Adelaide. <laughs> and then takes her home and drugs her with sleeping pills. Oh, man, I thought that was wild. And then she like gets up from the table. and It's like, Mom, you've murdered me. And then it comes yes. out that she actually did. Like she dies she moments did. after yeah. this. Man, that mom would never recover from this. No. Um, if you are poisoning your children with sleeping pills. Or don't forcing- drug your kids. Yeah. Well, and you don't know if you get the dosage right. Like, right. It's, it's not good. Because like the movie shows us she's just throwing handfuls of pills at these problems. Yeah. Well, and yeah. she it's so many pills that she like it takes effect almost immediately. And she's unable to remain standing on her own basically moments later yeah so she passes out she ends up in the dreamscape she tries to take alice's recommendation of like dreaming that you're in a fun place but there's an evil knife fish in the water and it is freddy it crashes through because she ends up on like a beach yeah i love that her fun place was a beach and i didn't realize it but i've seen this reaction gif a lot where it's freddy putting on sunglasses and i was like oh that's where this is from yeah (laughs) i enjoyed that quite a bit So he destroys the sandcastle and then he stomps her down into quicksand where she falls through into his house. When you say he destroys the sandcastle, what actually happens is his hand becomes a shark's fin, which is where I think the director learned the shark's fin. Yeah, my hand is like a shark's fin. (laughs) Because Freddy's hand becomes a shark's fin and then goes up onto the beach, staying under the sand and then blows up the sandcastle and then he appears. I was like, oh, that's a cool entrance to a beach. I wish I could do that. Yeah. (laughs) So she falls through the quicksand into his house. She goes to the basement where the boiler is and he's like, oh, you're the last one. And she's like, we beat you before. And he's like, well, try calling one of your little friends. You can't. Yeah, they're all dead. Yeah. Meanwhile, Alice is having a nightmare and she calls out to Alice who arrives in the dream, Yeah, which is where we get this iconic Freddy line of how sweet fresh meat. (laughs) It's a good line. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. It's a good line. Another inconsistency here is at one point, Freddie's like, I can could only kill people who like yeah. the children of the, the families that could kill him. And then now he can only kill people that she brings in for him to kill. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. And then some other movies, he's like, I just kill everybody. It's- it is a weird rule that he establishes right here. Yeah. And then in some movies, he is a guy who then like kills in his stead, but then turns into Freddie by ripping his own skin off. It's very strange. Yeah. It was nice to hear the origin of how sweet fresh meat like. I've heard Mikey say that a million times as people walk into the bar, but never like in this context. He's just thinking about which one of their arms he would eat if they removed it. Oh, yeah. It's not something he only says to girls. Yeah. He says it to both. No, it's everybody. Yeah. It's not about how sexy they are. It's about how much. No, it's about how delicious their limbs would be. (laughs) Exactly. No, because I no, I already told you earlier this episode that I only have crushes on steakhouses now, not people. So (laughs) sweet, sweet, fresh meat is now I'm talking about like cowboy ribeye. Yeah. Like that's what he says as the people at Texas Day Brazil are carrying around their meat sticks plant-based roasted potatoes (laughs) Mm, they're plant-based now even more plant-based yeah people who talk about women like that that's a super dan move okay yeah yeah what are (laughs) your eyebrows too dark for your face you idiot dan is a nice guy (laughs) anyway he throws Kristen into the boiler she burns to death but as he's throwing her in, she throws her power to Alice. Oh, it was so silly looking because she's like on fire and she's like, 
take it and she like throws her arm forward and then like yeah. this thing that's clearly drawn on the film is like transferring from her to alice it's wild it is wild we cut to Alice's bedroom. She wakes up and she has a new picture on her mirror of Kristen and Freddie. And she takes it down and it catches fire. And so she puts it out and then she looks up and realizes that she's opened a like piece of the mirror so she can see herself because her mirror is covered in photos. Yes. Which in hindsight, I guess, is a metaphor for that's how she kills Freddie later. But like, what? Oh, yeah. Nice job, Todd. Oh, I mean, but like, I just had that thought. They don't do a good job setting that no, up like don't. at all in the movie. Unless she grabbed that actual mirror. Yeah, which but she they doesn't. don't. Yeah, which she doesn't. It looks more like a stained glass window than a mirror. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so they run to Kristen's house, but her room is on fire and she's burning to death. And her mom is like, I don't see how this happened. I just drugged her with sleeping pills. <laughs> but Kristen gets buried next to Kincaid, which I thought was interesting that all of the kids are buried next to each other, not with families or anything. They're just like, no, no, no. The bonds of the last movie are more powerful than any family bonds. <laughs> I mean, their parents were assholes. So, they were. I know. mean, they always are in this franchise they always are we cut back to alice's house where she's watching videos of them specifically of Kristen and rick yeah and she rick comes in he's really bummed out about it and they're basically talking about how he made her happy but he doesn't want to talk about freddie because he feels like that stole Kristen from him and he didn't believe her yeah but alice says something happened in the dream and now i think part of her is with me we cut to the next day she and sheila are in the bathroom and this is where she tells sheila oh we have matching luggage and sheila's like i was up all night cramming plus i made this thing that kills bugs <laughs> with sound waves i thought that this was amazing and i loved it so much and i did love that it came back but also like what what does it yeah. do where did that power cord come from in the wall like it's so <laughs> wild the way this comes back later it's super wild yeah sheila Lee and Alice pulls out a cigarette to smoke in the bathroom and she's like, wait a second, I don't smoke. We know Kristen did though. Yes. So this is our first indication that she has basically taken on some of Kristen's mannerisms. Yeah. We cut to them all in class taking a test and Sheila's coughing and takes her inhaler. They start their test and as Sheila's looking at it, the numbers all move around the page and it says learning is fun with Freddie. I love that this does a very good job of explaining what it's like to be dyslexic. Yeah, actually. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's what it looks like when I do try and do this kind of stuff, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mikey's just shaking his head no at me. I mean, it, it is. This is what a lot of people have compared it to. Yeah. Not like specifically this movie, but like that kind of a visual. I agree with you, Paige. What? Hang on. <laughs> Sorry, Todd. I'm emotionally dyslexic. <laughs> anyway, so Alice wakes up because she's daydreaming and she sees Sheila freaking out about the test. Her pen is full of blood and it like locks them into the desks and then a robot arm comes out of her desk. <laughs> so, so awesome. I, I Unrelated it. to Freddy. It's not his glove. Oh. It's not. It's just a random robot arm. And then it, it's the Iron Giant's arm. Yeah, yeah. it's the Iron Giant. <laughs> then it goes back into the desk uh, and they're both trying to wake up. But they look up and Freddie is at the head of the class slicing an apple with his glove and he holds his glove up to her neck and he's like flicking his tongue and just says, water suck face. And then he sucks the life oh, out of her body. I hated it so much. Which didn't really fit well with like the teacher montage he was going for. Because yeah. then he's like, you failed the test. And I was like, well, the making out part doesn't really fit in with this metaphor in like a healthy way. I mean, I don't know if you know, but like Freddie is A, not healthy and he is B, toxic. Just like the relationship between a teacher and a student who are making out. So that is fair. <laughs> 
Yeah. But he does suck her soul out. Like, I thought this was actually pretty cool because she deflates like a balloon. Yeah. Yeah. I bet you could suck a soul through a Freddy. <laughs> we come back to class and she dies from an asthma attack in real life. Yeah. And they're all super sad. Yeah. I love that they let the, the students line up by the ambulance as they wheel her dead body <laughs> out. I was like, yeah. I don't think they would allow this to happen. Uh, no. Well, this, the- is, this is a few decades before trauma-informed care. That's fair, I guess. Yeah. Back then, the teachers would be like... Like, look at her, kids. That's why you don't forget your inhaler. She had her inhaler. <laughs> she did. Yeah, they tried to get her to use but it. But that's just, I'm just saying that's what adults would do back then. They're just not toxic. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I mean, fun asthma fact, sometimes your inhaler ain't good enough and they still have to call an ambulance for you. That's happened to you, right, Paige? That's happened to me. I thought about Twice. you when I was watching the scene. I was like, oh, this might be triggering for Paige. <laughs> no, I'm fine. <laughs> I mean, I'm fine now, but like this has definitely happened to me twice, but I didn't die. Did Freddie try to suck the life out of you? Yeah, he did. But through the downstairs mouth. Oh, oh, that's, that's super gross. oh that's the grossest thing I've ever said. I'm so sorry. I don't know that that is the grossest thing you've ever said after the malignant <laughs> episode. I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> I think I'm going to try to start using downstairs mouth in my day to day. Downstairs mouth is a great, great phrase. I enjoy it quite a bit. I think you also said front butt one time, and that stuck with me. Front butt? Yeah. I was like, oh, that's an interesting term for it. I love it so much. I'm just saying, if somebody wants to try sucking souls out that way, experimentation. Good luck to you. Yeah. Also down to sign up for someone to try that on this guy. (laughs) Well, as far as I understand, steakhouses don't have mouths, so... (laughs) Yeah, you're right. I'll just take a steak. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so meanwhile, Alice goes to work. She's working doubles so that she doesn't fall asleep because she's afraid of pulling anyone else into her dreams. And Dan shows up and he's just like, hey, like, what's, what's your going story, on? Girl? What's mm-hmm. your story, girl? But then he's also on a date. So the other girl's like, come on, we got to go to the movies. And he's like, OK, <laughs> bye. <laughs> <laughs> but this is where she explains to him why she thinks that Freddie is after her. And it's that Kristen was the last one left and she took her powers and ha- he can't get to new kids unless she kind of lets them in. Yeah, she's like the door. Right. Yeah. So we cut to the locker room the next day where people are making fun of Rick because they're like, he's got a dead girlfriend, a basket case sister. And Dan oh my God. Yeah. throws that guy up against the locker like, hey, man, like, stop being an stop asshole. It. Stop being an asshole. But I mean, that is like a a horrible thing to say. Someone who just lost a girlfriend. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's terrible. It is. And he goes to Rick and he's like, hey, I talked to Alice. Like, are you okay?" And he's like, yeah, I've been up all night with Alice. I'm exhausted. Maybe I could have stopped this if I had listened to Kristen. And Rick goes in the bathroom where he sits down and falls asleep. Oh, man, we've we've all been there, Mikey. Just falling asleep on the toilet. I've done it. Yeah. And meanwhile, Alice is in class. She is also falling asleep during a lecture on dreams, which is interesting. Yeah, I thought that the the lecture that the teacher is giving talks about two doorways, a positive and a negative doorway. Right. And Freddie references the negative gateway, I think is what it's actually called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like they never show like the other side of that. They never explain it further. Yeah. It was so weird. I I thought that they were going to set it up and then like you would see that pay off later. But no, we never see a positive doorway at all no and ricky wakes up into the dream where the cheerleaders come to him on the toilet (laughs) and alice i've had that dream really where cheerleaders come to give you a blumpkin and your sister walks in (laughs) and then his teeth fall out 
<laughs> You're like, oh my god, this Blumpkin is so stressful. Yeah, <laughs> but when his sister comes in, everyone realizes that the mood is now ruined, so they all leave. I did they love leave. that when they leave and the pom poms leave as well. Like the bathroom is now like a completely different bathroom. It's like all graffitied, and then it becomes it's an, an elevator. elevator. Yeah, 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 and then like you see them going down the elevator, or really just uh, him. Yeah, he gets trapped in the elevator until the doors open and he is let out into like a dream dojo where he has to fight Invisible Freddy. Dream dojo! <laughs> Hell yeah. Oh, and it's very yes. racist headband. Oh, yes. it is very appropriative. Yes. Yes. But uh, you got to think about it. Like Karate Kid, I think it just come out, right? Yeah, I think so. And that, that's the headband from the movie, right? Yeah. Well, Karate Kid came out in 84, so it had been out for four years at this point. But it's not exactly like it, but it looks a lot like it. Uh, but Bloodsport came out the same year. Oh, did it? Yeah, Bloodsport came out in 88. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> if we ever podcast full time, we're doing an action movie podcast. I fucking yes. love Bloodsport. It's one of my, it's, it's a terrible, great movie. Yes, agree. Kumate, Kumate. I love it. Anyway, Alice realizes that she has accidentally pulled Rick into her dream. She screams no, the windows shatter, and literally as she screams, Rick gets stabbed, and I'm like, holy shit, oh no, but then we immediately cut to Rick's funeral. <laughs> like, there's yeah. not even a, did he die? No. He died. It is an immediate, like, gravestone sighting. Like, we see it immediately. Yes. And we also see a bunch of other people's graves. Did you notice that? Yeah, like Kincaid, Kristen, everyone's yeah. graves are there. Well, and Nancy. Nancy's grave is there. Oh, is Nancy's grave? I didn't see Nancy. Nancy's yeah. grave is there, yeah. They just have, like, a Freddy murdered me section of this specific <laughs> yeah, yeah, cemetery. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. It's what really sucks in these movies is that every funeral we see in every Nightmare on Elm Street movie they're like they died peacefully in their street in their sleep yeah and you're like oh, oh no they did not yeah. yeah they were pissed on by a dog but it was fire <laughs> <It's bad. laughs> they were burned alive by dog urine yeah and then their teeth fell out but then their best friend was there but you couldn't see their face but you just knew it was them because of their energy and they missed the final <laughs> yeah because they missed the final they showed up naked to work and then they were trying to find clothes that fit them and they couldn't. It was so embarrassing. Y'all just describing my 20s to a T. Dude, I have the <laughs> I'm naked in a place trying to find clothes that fit dream all the time. I never have that. I never have that. It must also be a very specific dream to me because it's not that there aren't clothes around. It's that there's clothes, but they do not fit. Ooh, I could go into that with you, but I'm sure that's a different podcast. It's one of those dreams where I'm like, I'm sure this means something. Yeah. <laughs> But oh well Let's not dig into, into this too much in therapy For sure No for sure uh, So she has a daydream that Rick is still alive And she has his headband But he opens up the coffin And is like I wouldn't leave you They think I'm dead Don't worry about it But he is dead Like yes. it's just it's just her daydream. Yeah. The only one left is Dan and Debbie. And this is where she turns to Dan and Debbie and is like, I've got to fucking figure out how to beat him. Let's go to Debbie's. We'll make a plan. Let's meet at the diner at nine or at eight. Mind over matter. And they're like, what? Yeah. And Dan's like, <laughs> Sheila used to say that. And Debbie's like, every day she changes. And Dan's like, no, it's after every death. So like he's figured it out. Yeah. Which, I mean, that must have hurt for him to concentrate that hard. I think we all kind of <laughs> change after every important death in our life yeah and i would assume you know i would say so yeah if your friends are all serial murdered around you that each time you might not come out the same way as before yeah exactly yeah. unless you believe in mind over matter oh jeez. <laughs> <laughs> he changes every podcast Todd. no it's after every episode drop <laughs> 
I'm sorry, fam. I am the worst podcaster today, and I apologize. Today, uh, we cut to Alice's house where she actually takes a bunch of the photos down, takes all the photos of Rick down, so she can see more of herself in the mirror. She retrieves his nunchucks and oh headband. Oh my god! Yes, and starts practicing with the nunchucks, and she's actually kind of good at it. But this is where, like, yeah, she's like, I know kung fu now. I know kung fu. <laughs> well, she absorbed it when her brother died. Like, she learned yeah. all that, but she's not dreaming. Like, she literally now knows it in real yes. life too. Yeah. The movie has confirmed for us that that's what is going on, yeah. essentially. When her brother died, all of his kung fu knowledge got uploaded to her brain in the Matrix. Yeah, exactly. Yes. So she tries to leave to go meet Dan at the cafe or at the, the diner and her dad won't let her leave. So she like lies to him so she, like until he falls asleep. Yeah. But she also falls asleep, which we don't know until a little bit later. Yeah. Uh, because she goes to leave. Um, Dan is at the diner. But she doesn't show up. And he just says, all the towns in America and I got to move to the Bermuda Triangle, which like, I think this is their one attempt at him having a backstory. But like, it means nothing. It's connected to nothing. No. It's so strange. It just lets you know that A, he moved here recently and B, he doesn't, he isn't funny. Like, I don't know what yeah. uh, that was supposed to say, the Bermuda Triangle thing. Yeah. Yeah, I have no idea. But Alice gets to the diner and Dan is gone. So yeah. she walks around looking for him, doesn't see him. She goes to a movie theater to see Reefer Madness. Now, that movie theater is on Commission in Fair Oaks. And it is still a, it still exists. You can still go to it, but it's a church now. Really? Yeah, but it's in a bunch of horror movies because it's like it's not in L.A. proper. So you could ease more easily get film permits and there's not a ton around it because it's in South Pass. Yeah. So like it's a lot easier to film around. It's been in like three movies we've done over the past two months. <laughs> oddly enough. Wild. OK. And I, I meant I mean to mention it every time and I haven't. But like, yeah. So the Rialto. Now it's a church, um, but it, they kept it all the same because it's a historical building. So it like still looks like the same theater and everything. It has that marquee out front. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love it. That's awesome. Uh, but so she goes to see Reefer Madness and they are actually playing like footage of Reefer Madness in the movie, which is pretty funny. But it changes so that it's the diner all boarded up and it like sucks her into the screen. I thought this was a creepy, a creepy thing. This is kind of creepy. It blows her popcorn and soda away. And I was like, that was like $12. <laughs> and I was like, is that a, I, I was like, wow, they're putting a lot of screen time in this like popcorn On this Pepsi cup. Yeah, yeah. I was like, the, the effect was pretty cool. The way it was like sucking things yeah. towards the screen because it was just happening to her. Like everyone's sitting around yeah. her, not like their hair is not blowing. It's all fine. And when they get up and clap while she's sucked in the screen, I was like, yeah. oh, this is creepy. Well, yeah. and, and they gets up and claps and it's reverses and you see that it's all the kids from yeah. like yeah. everyone that's died already so far. Yeah. That's pretty interesting. So she ends up in the diner and it looks like it's Freddy from behind, much like the school nurse. And he's cleaning silverware and it looks like a glove, which is great. Like the shadow yeah. of the silverware. <laughs> well, it's like four knives they're cleaning. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the person turns around and it's older version of her. Yeah, it's old Alice. It's old Alice. And Freddie's actually sitting next to her and he's like, if the food don't kill you, the service will. <laughs> God, I love Freddie one-liners so much. But yeah, he like orders the usual or whatever. And it's meatball pizza. And the meatballs are her friends. Yeah, <laughs> yeah her oh friends heads. And he stabs meatball Rick and eats it. And he basically tells her, bring me more. And then shows, he like 
through the movie screen looks into where Debbie is working out at home and then wakes her up. So essentially Alice wakes up realizing that he's going after Debbie's next. So she runs out of the house because she never actually did run out of the house. It was all a dream. She gets to the diner. Dan is there. They go to Debbie's house. And they're talking through what they're going to do. Debbie, meanwhile, at her house is working out. She racks the weights. And then we cut back. And again, Debbie runs from the diner to Dan's car. And we relive that scene two or three times. And meanwhile, back at Debbie's, uh, Freddie basically pushes the weights down instead of letting her rack them and like busts her arms out of her elbows. Fuck, this was so gross, man. I hated this so much. It's super gross. Yeah. It's super, super gross. And there's like bugs inside and her arms start to turn into roach arms. And Freddie chases her down like a hallway this is the goofiest death of the the whole film as she's turning into a roach actively turning into a roach i hated this the whole roach transformation it Mm -hmm. would have been enough for her to die of working out i was like oh that is like such a thing that people are scared of of like what if i try to do this and my arms just break off yeah yeah exactly because you know i lift so much weight or whatever (laughs) it could never happen to you man you'd be pushing plates too much mikey's too swole for that i mean it fully can happen to you because we have a friend who got very injured working out and then had to be like you know couldn't work out for months Oh, yeah, I hear the transformation back from Roach takes a while. Yeah, a long time. Uh, She falls face first in the Roach goo of a Roach motel. You know how I know you're new at this gym? Because you turned into a Roach and fell in the goo, just like any sort of gym. (laughs) What, you going to try and cancel your subscription now? I I think it's great that Planet Fitness added that Roach alarm that you could go hit if someone's being like a real Roach on the weights. Yep. Uh, but so <laughs> she like tries to fight her way out of the goo and it rips all her skin off, revealing her to be a roach. Oh, God, I hated it so much. It's so gross. Meanwhile, Dan and Alice have relived the same scene like four or five times. Yeah. And they're like, oh, God, we're both asleep. He's got us going in circles. He, we cut back to Debbie's house and Freddie pulls back and he's holding the roach motel and just squishes it. Mm. And he just says, you can check in, but you can't check out. Yeah, And Alice like feels it. She's like, Debbie's gone. I've collected her like the others. Yeah. Meanwhile, they're driving as this is happening. And Freddie ends up in the middle of the street and they try to crash into him. But it turns out that they actually crash into a tree because they were asleep driving. Apparently, man, I thought that was so cool. The way the truck hits where Freddie was, it like crumples around nothing. Yeah, it was very cool. It's very cool looking. I don't I'm not sure 100 percent how they did it, but it looks cool. Yeah. But it turns out it was a tree. So they wake up and Dan, his you can see on the windshield, his head has hit the windshield. He didn't wear a seatbelt. He, I mean, there's something he has been injured in the car crash. Mm-hmm. So yeah. the ambulance shows up. She talks them out of uh, them putting him under and they get him to the hospital, but they are going to have to put him under for surgery. So she races home and then this is her getting ready montage where she takes an ass load of sleeping pills and then puts on all her friends outfits. <laughs> I honestly love this part because it's like she is putting on something from every friend that has died while taking the pictures off of her mirror. It's wild. But it's yeah. shot like a, a Rambo montage where he's like yeah. getting weapons and guns together. But she's like getting the headband together and then like spiky like gauntlet things. And then yeah. like the uh, sonic thing that Sheila made. It was wild. Like the whole thing is nuts. Now, here's what's extra weird. So at one point she like clears her vanity. 
community, like swipes everything off of it. And this people may not care. But if you're into makeup, you will see as she clears her vanity, a pink heart shaped lipstick tube. Okay. Now, in the 80s and 90s, they were a lot more common. You could find them around everywhere. They've just recently come back. So Trixie Mattel, a drag queen, has her own makeup line, and they look like that, specifically modeled after those lipstick tubes. And then Kylie just did, like, a a short release of a bunch of them. But they're heart-shaped and pink. I have, like, four of them in my bathroom. But I thought it was really crazy to see one, like a real one, as she swipes the vanity. (laughs) I'm going to see Trixie and Katya here this month. They're coming to town. Uh, we're seeing them in April. Yay! Yay! I got my tickets because a listener um, bought some and because I wasn't able to get some. And she was like, hey, we can't use them. Do you want them? And she sent them to me. So thank you, Courtney. Yay! I had a friend who woke up early to buy tickets and coughed some serious money for orchestra seats. Oh, nice! Okay. So we're like front row. That's amazing, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be wild. Anyway, so... She then jumps up and like kicks through the mirror, which honestly looks fucking rad. It does. Yeah. I know they did it with wire work, but it looks cool as shit. But meanwhile, Dan wakes up and Freddie is operating on him because he's (laughs) under for surgery. And Alice kicks through the window, basically scaring Freddie off. And they try to run out of the OR, the operating room, through a creepy tunnel. The tunnel spins. They break through a stained glass window at the end of the tunnel, but it's too late. Dan's hemorrhaging, so they pull him out from anesthesia. But this time it's reversed. He's hemorrhaging. He's hemorrhaging in real life. Like his surgery's yeah. not going well. The dream's going okay. Yeah, <laughs> right. A little, little like we reversed it on you. I do yep. love that he cross dissolves out of the dream. I thought that was very yeah. funny. He disappears like he's one of uh, Michael J. Fox's siblings in Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. Yep. But now Alice is alone and she can hear the kids singing the rhyme. And Freddie comes into it's basically like a church that they're in. Yeah. And she does a bunch of gymnastics and kicks him in the face a bunch. Um, and dodges the knife glove and but here's the crazy thing she like roundhouse kicks him in the face and then she just goes bonsai and i was like the trees like yes. what well it's because her brother said that when he was fighting nobody when he died oh good lord it's wild and probably sort of offensive like i probably yeah i don't think bonsai just means the tree because they would yell it in world war ii too like i think it's like a celebration oh it's a cheer or war cry yeah, okay. According to the dictionary. Okay, cool. Yeah, talk shit about my history knowledge, everybody. You thought the queen ran England. Yeah. She does. No. Once you, you wake up, mind over I matter. I can't. I like to be like unpredictably smart. Like it just in some weird thing, like that's not what bonsai means. And then be like, the queen is actually a lizard person who controls everything. I mean, okay. Now, now you're now, on to something, now, Mikey. That might actually be true. Yeah. The queen as a reptilian. I mean, now now you got me back in. She's been queen a long time, hasn't she? Have you ever seen her blink? You know when Roswell... Is it front to down like a Star Wars story? <laughs> Roswell, New Mexico, 1946. The queen then becomes a lizard person. That's all I'm saying. I'd like to see your really bad uploaded YouTube videotapes about this. <laughs> That's how they get you. Yeah, that YouTube algorithm definitely is how they get Uh. you. Anyway, (laughs) so this is where Freddie's like, I've been guarding my gate for a long time, brother. And (laughs) she plugs in the bug zapper, which zaps like a hole in Freddie, which, by the way, this is the worst. CGI? effects in the film yeah Yeah. Yeah. i thought it was wild that she literally like has the thing in her hand and then punches into a wall and grabs like an electrical cable and just connects that to the back of it right and it shoots 
like a laser through him. Right. Even though it was it was a sonic device. So yeah, I don't like, know. That is not how any of that would work. I, it was whatever. I was here for it, but it was like off the rails Fred, nuts. Freddie was like, don't tase me, bro. bro. <laughs> don't tase me, bro. Don't tase me, bro. See, if this had been made today, he would have said, don't tase me, Don't tase me, brother. <laughs> yeah. Um. But he he like waves and the really bad CG goes away. But she looks in a mirror, remembers the Dream Master rhyme and then turns the mirror on him. And we see his like bloodstream full of souls and they all <laughs> like all the tiny hands tear their way out. I did really like the tiny hands. I did yeah. like the tiny. I was like, he's got a malignant. <laughs> yes. They are little back their arms. Yeah. The tiny hands hold him into a wall as the souls start to break out. This is where we see the chest boob. Yes. His jaw gets ripped open. Like they rip his head open and he explodes. Yeah. The souls escape. The mirror breaks. All the souls escape. And they just say, freedom. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that in my watching of this. It was in my subtitles. It literally said oh, freedom. Wow. Woo. Was it? <laughs> yeah. Oh my I heard God. them. I heard them whispering. That's why I wrote it down. But she says goodbye, rest in hell, and kicks the glove. She walks out of the church. We cut to her and Dan holding hands, and she's just like, I sleep almost three hours a night now. And I'm like, girl, that's still not enough. Yeah, you need more <laughs> sleep than that. This last scene, I thought was so bonkers. Like, I was like, this doesn't make any sense at all. I was like, what are they doing? Yeah, because <laughs> she goes to make a wish in yeah. the fountain uh, on, it's on the corner of Los Feliz and Fletcher. <laughs> anyway, so she sees Freddie freddie's reflection in the water now here's my question do you think freddie possessed dan and that's why no well i haven't seen the next one but i'm gonna yeah, assume no that would be like a consistent plot choice and i don't think we're gonna get any of yeah i don't think so either yeah. uh the the reflection goes away and he's like what'd you wish for and she's she like, says i can't tell you <laughs> if i tell you it won't come true and, and that's <laughs> Mikey, you bastard. So, having seen the movie and we talked about the movie, what do you guys think about Nightmare on Elm Street 4, The Dream Master? I mean, Dream Warriors is better, no matter yeah. what. Way better. Yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't hate the movie, though. It's fine. It's got some silly yeah. moments to it, but this was just like an echo of what Dream Warriors was, and I much prefer right. Dream Warriors. Yeah. I think I liked talking about it with y'all more than I liked watching it. I mean, it had a strong opening 10 minutes. Oh, and yeah. And then... Uh, I was like, oh, the Dream Warriors are going to fight him again and all this other stuff. And then it didn't. And I was really disappointed. And then they yeah. get killed in the first 20 minutes. All of them. Yeah. 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 I was upset about that. I don't like movies that bring characters back from the previous movie to kill them off very quickly. Uh, Sherlock oh, yeah. Holmes 2 did this and it pissed me the fuck off. It's the Iron Eagle effect. Yeah. I hate that. Yeah. Sherlock 2 is like one of the ones that really pissed me off. Is that Robert Downey Jr.'s Sherlock? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it's still fun. It's yeah. fun, but not as good as the other ones. Yeah. yeah. That's how I feel as well. I think Dream Warriors is is bonkers in its own way, but it's a better movie in general. Yeah. Yeah. They balanced it out with like coherent plot plus bonkersness plus horror where it was like it all right. kind of worked. It was like a magic right. stew. Yeah. Yeah. Nowhere in this movie is a giant Freddy snake trying to eat a person whole. And I missed that. I missed that too. I missed him coming out of the TV. I missed all of it. <laughs> so Paige, do you have any fun facts for us? I do have some fun facts. Uh, well, here it is with your fun facts. Freddy, Dreaming from facts. facts. 
so this is the first film in the franchise where Robert England receives top billing in the opening credits. I oh, noticed that too. Okay, good for mm-hmm. him. Yeah. I mean, he is like yeah. really the only original character left. Yeah. And despite not being as good as Dream Warriors, this is the highest grossing entry in the franchise yeah. up until Freddy versus Jason. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys did notice the Craven was named after Wes Craven. Absolutely, yeah. Now, during the writing of the film, uh, Rennie Harlan and some of the producers bumped into James Cameron. And Cameron, not a fan of the, the Nightmare franchise, kind of as a dick move, because Cameron's known to be kind of an asshole. Imagine that. Yeah, he allegedly asked Harlan how he was going to bring Freddy back to life for this movie. And Harlan... Kind of as a joke, but kind of just to like tag back at him, just says, oh, a dog pisses fire on him and he comes back to life. But then they ended up using that in the movie. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Fuck you, Cameron. This is what we're doing. (laughs) It makes as much sense as anything else. It does. And the explanation they give is that uh, like Robert England has talked about it later. And he says that the explanation he was given was that it was a like clearly that dog is a hellhound to basically symbolize how evil Freddy truly is, is that a hellhound wakes him up. Okay. Oscar winning screenwriter Brian Helgeland is the person who wrote this film. What? Yes. Let me look at what he won the Oscar for. I was about to say, what did he win an Oscar for? Because clearly not this. No. Uh, He wrote A Knight's Tale, though. A Knight's Tale is solid. He also wrote Man on Fire 42 and L.A. Confidential. Uh, It must be Man on Fire. I love L.A. Confidential, Man on Fire. So... He won for L.A. Confidential, but he was also nominated for Mystic River because he also wrote Mystic River. Jesus. Okay. He's come very close a couple times. So he's he's not a bad screenwriter. No, he's uh, great. just a bad movie. Yeah. Well, this is also his first screenplay credit. No. Well, it's his first credit. Yeah. But the reason they hire him for this is because he gets recommended by Robert England. So Robert oh, England cool. oh. directed a movie called 976 Evil, which actually comes out after this movie. Yeah, that's his second writing credit. Yeah, you're right. Right. But he actually wrote it first. Okay. Uh, it just took longer in post-pro. Okay. So um, he was hired under the condition that he could deliver the script within seven days. What the fuck? That is insane. That is insane. And he was, and this was over the Christmas holiday, by the way. Oh my God. I'm going to do a ton of cocaine this week and we're going to write this motherfucker. Yep. Uh, He was told by New Line Cinema uh, and the head at the time, Robert Shea, that'll come up later. Robert Shea is a big factor in why this movie ends up being as bonkers as it is. Um, But he was told that if the script came in even a day late, they would not take it. So he flew home for Christmas, wrote the script at his father's kitchen table like he missed Christmas, wrote the script, FedExed the finished screenplay back to Los Angeles and made the deadline. That means those seven days included the time it took FedEx to get the script there so it's really so five days or something like it's like that. five yeah. days it's like three to five days that's crazy based on the script he turned in rennie harlan agreed to do the movie and this technically marks the first screenplay screen credit that he has even though 976 evil was actually first okay yeah um now wes craven turned down new lines offer to direct and rewrite that script that he wrote in seven days that's a shame it is a shame and part of the reason he turned it down is because Wes Craven and Bruce Wagner had come up with a concept for this film that involved the ability to time travel through (gasps) dreams. What? Yes. 
But producers Robert Shea and one of the other executives thought that this was too high a concept for a Nightmare on Elm Street sequel, and they didn't think it fit the formula of the rest of the movies. And so they rejected that idea. And so he did not choose to direct this film. Now, Robert England has said that this is one of his favorite movies of the series. And one of his favorite parts is the time loop because he felt like it seemed like a visual of a dream that keeps repeating itself, which is true. That is very much a dreamy thing. Now, Rennie Harlan got this job by refusing to take no for an answer. They told him no many times, and he just kept showing up at the New Line Cinema offices every day. Oh, my God. Repeatedly requesting to speak to Robert Shea. And they didn't like any of the other directors that they had interviewed, and Wes Craven had said no. And he was always around. So eventually, they just were like, yeah, fucking give him a chance. Maybe he'll stop bothering us. Um, But they planned to fire him as soon as they could. (laughs) But production starts on the movie. And... He basically, Rennie Harlan was like, I never spoke to them. I just tried to keep things going as smooth as possible because I was convinced they were going to fire me at any time without warning. (laughs) And eventually they just give up and don't fire him. Um, But the original version of the movie that he turns in is too campy and ridiculous. So they actually cut it down. This film was originally almost two hours. Oh, wow. That's the version I want to see. Me too. Same. Yeah. Yes, because I'm sure some of the things that were like, this isn't explained, it doesn't make sense. I'm sure it does in that scene, yeah. in, in that version. Because it's only 90 minutes. It's only something like 90 minutes. It's like 93. I mean, that's like a lot. That's a yeah. lot of screen time. Yeah, it's 93 minutes. They cut a half hour out of it. That's nuts. Um, there was an additional nightmare scene with Kristen right after Joey and Kincaid's death. There's an extended version of the beach scene where Freddy's shadow is giving her sunburns. These scenes are left for the trailer of the film, but they're cut out of the final version. There's also an additional nightmare scene with Alice dreaming that her father turns into Freddy, which they hint at in the movie, Yeah, yeah. but is cut. Uh, and it's believed that some fans have discovered these missing scenes, but they think that the original version in the film stock is lost. So the only remaining description of what would have been there is the original script that contains all the deleted scenes, which which is you can find it online. Okay. Uh, not only did Tuesday Night co-star in the film, she also performed the theme song. Oh, how about that? How about that? Uh, okay. So Robert Shea, the producer and essentially CEO of New Line Cinema at the time, cameos as the high school teacher in this film. His sister, Lynn Shea, was Nancy's teach- teacher in the original Nightmare on Elm Street, but also that's Lynn Shea of like insidious fame. Like the Lynn Shea. The super famous has been in a million horror movies. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. According to everyone interviewed in the documentary, Never Sleep Again, which again, if you are super into Nightmare, you have to watch Never Sleep Again because it covers all the movies and a million fun facts or whatever. No one really knows why Patricia Arquette didn't come back. There's two main theories. Rennie Harlan and one of and, and the guy who plays Joey in the movie, Rodney Eastman, they both say that her agent asked for more money, but New Line wouldn't pay it. And it's because she has at this point gotten a lot more famous. There's another theory that she was pregnant at the time of film but her child wasn't born until January of 89, which means that she, if, if at all, was pregnant during time of filming, it was very early. So she definitely would have completed filming. It wouldn't have been an issue. Fair enough. However, she was in a movie called Far North in 1988, and that's released in November. So it's more likely that she was filming Far North at the time and therefore couldn't be Kristen. Gotcha. So it's probably just a scheduling conflict. Yeah. Okay. So 
At one point during the shoot for Dream Master, the filmmakers ran out of money, which is why Rick has to fight an invisible Freddy for his death scene. Oh, my God. Originally, he was supposed to die in a complex sequence involving the elevator scene in the movie, and the bottom of the elevator was supposed to crumble away and have him fall into a dark void, but instead, they had him fight an invisible Freddy using karate moves. He says that he studied karate for a few weeks prior to filming, but once he was on set, all they wanted him to do was roundhouse punches and kicks, and he's like, okay, Uh, (laughs) but he had just had appendix surgery and ended up ripping his stitches and had to be rushed to the hospital. Oh my god, okay, okay, that's Sounds terrible. Okay. So Sheila, during her death scene, we do see the robotic claw that comes out of the desk, which the director now regrets because it doesn't link. It's like not Freddy's hand. No one knows why it's a robot claw. Because it should just be Freddy's hand. Like that would make the most sense. Yes, it would. So crazy. But in the movie... Freddy sucks the life out of her, leaving behind a deflated, dried up corpse. Yeah. However, uh, she's revealed that this was her first on-screen kiss. Oh. And when it happened, Robert England's Freddy dentures fell into her mouth as they kissed. God. <laughs> and because the oh. shot was up close he had to wear the real blade glove so he had to be very careful around her face <laughs> she also this is she gets treated so terrible it's so sad yeah and she's the best she is the best so as this movie was in post-production Rennie harlan actually at one point asked her to adr a bunch of her lines and when she asked why he apparently said that it's because she didn't sound black enough. And she was like, that's wildly offensive. And yeah. he's like, thank you for explaining to me why it was offensive. Um, but then later on in the documentary, Rennie Harlan denies that it happened and blames it on the producers at New Line. But regardless, someone said to this girl, you don't sound black enough. You have to ADR all of your lines in this movie. Oh, wildly offensive. Terrible. Yeah, it is terrible. And those are your not so fun facts. Well, thank you for those fun facts. Some fun, some not so fun. Let's talk box Mm -hmm. office. So what do you think the production budget for Nightmare on Elm Street 4, The Dream Master was in 1988? I have to recuse myself. Okay, Mikey, what do you think it is? Two million dollars. It was 13 million dollars in 1988. So if you adjust that for inflation, that's $31.1 million today. But again, $13 million in 88. Now, this movie came out on August 19th, 1998, and it was number one in the box office. It beat Young Guns, Die Hard was number three, A Fish Called Wanda was number four, and Cocktail was number five. I know all of those movies. Isn't it wild that this movie beat those movies? Yes, it is. Now, it's so crazy. Are you you serious? Yes. Yes. Completely serious. Young Guns was in its second week. Die Hard was in its sixth week. A Fish Called Wanda was also in its sixth week, and Cocktail was in its fourth. So it was the only new movie that was in the top five. But yeah, it beat all of them, and it beat all of them by a good amount. So what do you think it made in its first weekend out August 19th, 1988? This makes me sad cuz like Dream Warriors like reinvigorated the franchise and it's obviously still killing it. This is why they make more sequels. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it made I think it made 8 million. Paige, what do you think it made? I have to recuse myself okay. cuz I know. So it was more 13. than 13 Actually, yeah, Mikey, it was $12.8 million. Yeah. yeah. So it did very, very well in its opening weekend. So it made, it bu- it made its budget back. like Almost made its budget back. But the next uh-huh. weekend, it was still number one in the theaters. What? The third weekend, it was still number one in the theaters. It does not drop to the second spot until its fourth weekend out. 
That's so rare. Yeah. All right. So what do you think it made in its domestic box office run? $45 million. Paige, do you also have to recuse yourself on this? I, I do, okay. but it's shocking how close that was. Yeah. So this movie made $49.3 million. If you adjust that for inflation, that's $118.4 million. So for the time, it was Almost $50 million, but it made a shitload of money. And then, of course, it went on to do DVD and Blu-ray sales and all of that stuff. I mean, VHS sales for that time, too. So it, it just didn't track all that. So this movie printed money. It did very, very well. Yep. Uh, and as Paige mentioned before, it is the highest ranking sequel at uh, the box office, except for Freddy versus Jason. Because right. uh, as far as lifetime gross goes, it goes Freddy versus Jason, then the original Nightmare on Elm Street, then this one, and then Dream Warriors, and then the final Nightmare is your top five at the box office. Yeah. But that is your box office. Let's hit him with that scary scale, Mikey. Yes. Our scary scale listeners is a scale of one to ten of how scary we found the film when we watched it this time. It's not a scale of quality, just a scale of scary. Yeah. Our one example is Ghostbusters, and our ten example is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Page. Uh, this is a one for me, dog. Absolutely a one. Yeah. I also gave it a one. I was yeah. really scared when I was a kid when I watched this, though. But I was like 11. Yeah, I could definitely see being scared as a kid watching this, but not like as a real life adult. It, there's nothing really scary about this. Yeah. Right. And that's our scary scale. Yeah. All right. So this week, you guys made me watch Nightmare on Elm Street 4, The Dream Master. What are you making us watch next week? As we continue sequel month, we're going to be watching Sinister 2. Yay. Because awesome. it's been like two years since you guys did the first one. So your homework for next week is to watch Sinister 2 while uh, we might line up a very special guest for that episode. Yay. Yay. So, Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? No. Well, while you're looking one up, let me tell them how they can have their review run on the podcast. And that is to leave us a five star text review. So, Mikey, whose review are you going to read this week? I'm going to read Fooster321. Okay, what does Fooster321 have to say? So the title of their review is Meme Generator Podcast. I assume that's a positive thing since it's a five-star review, but... We'll, we'll get into it. We'll All see right. what happens. All right, let's see what uh, happens. Uh, first off, love the podcast. Oh, I thank you. Uh, second, the community behind this the podcast is outstanding. Well, that's you guys. That is true. You guys are amazing. Uh, the hosts put their heart and soul, even though Todd's leaves his body sometimes. <laughs> when we watch scary movies, yes, absolutely. Into this podcast, and you can really visualize the scenes and theories to plots. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Keep up the good work and keep giving me meme material. Five stars. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Fooster321, for that awesome five-star review. And we are like 12 ratings away from a thousand ratings. I can't believe it. That's awesome. Nice. So guys, if you haven't left us a review on Apple, do it. Get us to a thousand ASAP, baby. So guys, if you like this show, but want to hear this power thruple on another movie review show about romance and romantic comedies, check out Romancing the Pod, where Mikey, Paige, and I break down and make fun of romantic movies. It's a lot of fun, guys. Check it out. If you want to follow us on social, please do. We are at Horror Virgin or online at horrorvirgin.com. If you want to follow us all individually, you can do that as well. Page is at Page Wesley 
on Twitter or Rampage Wesley everywhere else, including TikTok. Mikey is at mrandolph24, and I am at Todd J. Awesome. If you like the show so much and you want to help financially support it, please do by going to patreon.com slash horror virgin, where you can get a lot of great levels and a lot of great stuff like bonus episodes, director's cut episodes where they're a little bit longer and you get them actually a day earlier mm-hmm, than the mm-hmm. regular feed drop. We do a lot of great things like listener requests and stuff like that. So guys, check out yeah. the Patreon and help support the show. If you want to financially support me, but not Todd, just look me up on Venmo. If you can't financially support the show, that's understandable. That's fine. But if you want to hang out with us on the daily, join the Facebook group uh, at facebook.com slash group slash horror virgin. We also link it like once a week. So just find it there and join the awesome Facebook group. Literally, we're in there talking every day. It's awesome. And guys, we got a P.O. box. So if you want to send us some love letters or whatever you might send to a P.O. box, it's actually not a P.O. box. It's like a regular street address. It's pretty awesome. It's 6688 Nolensville Road, number 108-34, Brentwood, Tennessee, 37027. So send us some stuff. Yeah. And if you want to check out our Twitch stream, we're at twitch.tv slash Todd Awesome, where we will be playing horror video games. So if you have always wondered what it would be like to watch me get scared, you can now do that on Twitch while I play these horror games. It's twitch.tv slash Todd Awesome, guys. Check it out. It's a lot of fun for you. Not a lot of fun for me. This episode was brought to you by Nick Nick B. B. Nick B, fun fact. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he is secretly a giant roach. I knew it. Well, Nick B, have fun checking in because you can't ever check out. This episode also brought to you by Tia's Teenager, and Tia's Teenager is driving her crazy. So how is Tia's Teenager driving her crazy this week? She ran out of Timo Sill. (laughs) (laughs) So now her dreams are just extra bonkers and killing her friends. This one's more on Tia because she actually like just keeps overdosing her on sleeping pills to get <laughs> oh, some rest. No, <laughs> no, no Tia. Tia would never. Tia would never. This episode brought to you by the number Jeff, and Jeff wants you to check out his podcast, Kissing Jessica Jones, where each week they break down a new episode of the Jessica Jones Netflix Marvel TV show, and they've recently moved on to Agent Carter. So if you have some time and want to check out that podcast, do so. It's called Kissing Jessica Jones. This episode is also brought to you by Jonathan, and Jonathan wants me to show you guys some spoon. Spider videos. So here's the one he sent us this week. You guys ready? Yeah. It's called Fear Factor Moments Spider Head Game. Oh no. I don't like this. This is back when I could like Joe Rogan. I didn't, but I was allowed to. Oh, the God, those spiders. spiders are huge. Yeah, there's tarantulas I'd be so and out of this so Ugh. fast. No, thank you. Wait, what are they doing? Oh, jeez. Oh, oh, they have to get the key and drop it out. With their mouths? Oh Oh my god. Oh god. Oh my god. Oh good. She's damn good at this shit. Oh my god. Oh my god. I would freak though. I would be losing my mind. I wouldn't be able to do that. I would be losing my fucking mind. Oh my god. There's a spider. Oh, look at that spider on his face. Oh jeez. Also, they're siblings and they're like kissing. This is like so many levels. Oh my god. Holy shit. This is the grossest thing I've ever seen in my life. Oh, gee. Oh, they're timing them? Oh, God. <laughs> I would spend so much time just fucking screaming. Oh. All right. I Okay. Okay. Oh, my God. That was, <laughs> that was gross. There were so many things in that I don't like. Spiders, siblings, kissing. Like, there's a lot of gross shit in that. <sighs> oh, all right. We now return you to another episode of uh, The Patreonicals. Oh, and by the way, Jonathan, thank you so much for the love, but not so much for the spider videos. Okay, so it's Water World time. It is. Yeah, Dreskel and Most Evil 
Matthew melted the ice caps, and everyone's on their ships. Right now, the giant donut ship called Mr. Shining Donut, who is, <laughs> yeah. he got transformed into a ship between the last couple episodes. On his ship, the uh, Kate, and Kate is using the psychic powers to move the ship away, and Isaac and Karun are swimming towards the bad ship and with their claws and stuff. They're ready to kill some peoples. Most evil Matthew is actually on live journal tweeting <laughs> at people uh, really personal racist attacks, and it's just very... Good lord! It's almost like he's the most evil. Yeah. Yeah. And there's not that many people left. There's only a few dozen because of like billions have died in the uh, melting of the ice caps. The water worldification of Earth, you might say. Yeah. Yeah. So he's just, instead of like like calling out like a type of people, like and making fun of a group of people, he's just like, we got to get Steve. Fuck that guy specifically. Yeah. And Amy was like, look. Space shit is still up there. There's people on the ISS that I'm talking to. There's satellites. There's other people. There's some space stations, you know, because in the patriarchal world, there's technology is a little bit better. She's like, if you get me to space, I can support y'all and your mission here on the ground. Nice. And so they're like, well, how are we going to get to space in the in the water? And so she's like, go here to these islands in the South Pacific. They're like very tall islands. Like they're a highly above sea level. And there was a secret government facility where they were doing space shit she's like we can go check it out nice nothing else okay cool and um scott and wes scott was like look i'm slowing y'all down i'm just a big giant fucking rock here in water world <laughs> and <laughs> it takes so much energy for me not to sink to the bottle <laughs> yeah he's like i can't just be the anchor anymore <laughs> i'm weighing y'all down <laughs> And he, he's like, I'm taking Wes, and we're gonna. I'm either gonna solve this made out of rock problem with the ghost in my fucking shoulder, or die trying. He just jumps off the fucking boat and sinks to the bottom. Well, it seems like it's gonna be a lot more of the former instead of the latter. <laughs> we'll see. I guess we will. <laughs> and then, <laughs> all right. So on the pirate ship where Captain Bruder, the stereotypical pirate, was like, "This is my." dream fucking it's pirate time yeah they're it is fighting time. they're fighting the fucking uh they're, they're fighting a ship uh that most evil matthew has because not only is he tweeting he like wants to just kill as many people as possible yeah he's the most evil that makes sense yeah and you got uh nathan uh and um joey buff henchman they're like the you know a tag team wrestling duo but now they're dressed pirate style as their wrestling thing. Nice. I love and, it. They got like puffy shirts and shit. Uh-huh. Hell yeah. Sneaky Snake is uh, fucking steering the ship. You got the snake around the wheel or whatever. And one of his eyes has an eye patch over it. Yeah. yeah. They're loading the cans. They're firing or whatever. Uh, they they just got Mr. Rage Bomb back from the water because he exploded next to the ship. Bruder's ship is firing. Jennifer with a PH is shooting a gun at them from the top. And uh, Danielle and uh, Aaron... They're like, we're going to use some MUN technology. And they oh. start shooting mm. uh, cheese cannonballs <laughs> at the ship. And it starts, load the cheese cannon. The moon, the MUN cheese, because the MUN was made out of cheese. And they have chunks of it. I heard it was Munster cheese. Munster cheese, it was. And so there's like melted cheese landing everywhere and burning the bad guys. And they're like in a big fight. And um, I love it. Uh, Kaylee is on Twitter battling most evil Matthew and like posting screenshots of his really mean abusive texts. <laughs> and like he gets suspended for Twitter for at least 24 hours. Nice. And uh, that's the end of the episode. 
All right. I guess we're going to have to wonder until next week what happens to Wes and Dreskel on another episode of The The Patreonicals. That's going to be it for us, you guys. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm your horror virgin, Todd. Keep it ookie spooky. Yeah. Have a great week. Bye, Dream Master Nerds.